Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Catherine Morehouse. Over the last two years, California Governor Gavin Newsom has sharpened his climate rhetoric and pushed climate change toward the top of his policy agenda. A big example of that is his trip to China this week, where he'll focus almost exclusively on climate change policy. The importance, the imperative of maintaining a relationship on climate with China is about the fate and future of this planet, and it's too important. It's another example where California needs to lead, and I think that study leadership matters. It's obviously not a totally surprising move for Newsom to talk about climate change. He's championed green policies for years, and it's a politically salient issue in California. But environmentalists and close watchers of California politics say Newsom is fully embracing the role of a climate governor, a notable shift. So today, we check in with Politico's Jeremy White about why that's smart politics for Newsom and how his trip to China fits into that strategy. It's Tuesday, October 24th. I think it has been really notable in the last 18 months to two years how aggressively the governor has chosen to call out the oil industry and fossil fuel companies going back to when he pushed through a big climate package in Sacramento last year through his efforts to impose a limit on oil industry profits. And then most recently by championing California's lawsuit against the oil industry, accusing them of misleading people and and hiding their knowledge of climate change. I don't think that is to say that the governor in that time frame suddenly became concerned about climate change, but I think we've seen a sort of political rhetorical decision to really frame this as California versus this rapacious, deceptive industry. And that is a calculation that I think in part reflects that California is a very climate and environment friendly state, and he has clearly identified sort of a foil or a foe in that debate. And Jeremy, you report that he's always framed himself as a climate champion, but environmentalists who always haven't been happy with his policies are seeing this rhetoric as a real shift. Can you talk about what's changed and how this might align with his political ambitions? I think the principal change we've seen in that same time period when the governor's gotten a lot more assertive about taking the fight to the oil industry is much more deliberate engagement with the legislature in Sacramento. Before the last couple of years, the governor had done some fairly consequential executive actions, things like an order phasing out the sale of new gas-powered cars by 2035, but really mostly stayed on the sidelines as various climate policies sort of failed in the legislature, attempts to do things like separate new oil wells from homes and schools, fortify the state's climate targets, things that there was a lot of political opposition from both the oil industry and some labor unions. So there was a decent amount of frustration from environmentalists about sort of where the governor was in these issues, why he wasn't being a more forceful advocate for them. But really starting last summer, in the summer of 2022, the governor visited the Democratic caucuses in both houses of the legislature and said, let's get this done, and really spent some political capital to do so, even as he did some stuff that environmentalists weren't so thrilled with. 
keeping older power plants online, for example, to shore up California's energy supply. Nevertheless, the governor got some pretty significant bills across the finish line. And then sort of building off of that momentum, he asked the legislature to send him what was initially framed as a tax on windfall profits. It turned into more of a penalty if oil companies earn beyond a certain margin. That's still pretty to be determined what that's really going to look like. We haven't seen the law result in any penalties just yet. But I think in the same time frame that the governor has really made a decision to go after these oil companies in his rhetoric, he has also really engaged with the legislature in a way that was a notable contrast from the sort of detachment that lawmakers had seen before. Okay, interesting. And how are green groups responding to this shift? Are there still issues that they disagree with him on? Certainly. I think environmentalists are thrilled to see the governor getting more aggressive. They don't love some of the decisions the governor has made to extend the life of old nuclear and gas-powered power plants to shore up the state's electricity grid. This past summer, the governor pushed an infrastructure streamlining package saying we need to build clean energy projects faster if we're going to hit our climate goals. That frustrated a lot of environmentalists because to do so, the governor called for weakening some climate laws, some environmental laws. And then the governor has also really pursued a sort of broader approach to different next generation technologies like carbon capture and hydrogen that are viewed with a lot of skepticism among environmentalists who fear that this will be exploited by the fossil fuel industry to keep producing fossil fuels and sort of pad their margins. And so I think there is still always a bit of two steps forward, one step back dynamic with the governor and environmentalists. But that said, I think there's no doubt in speaking to people over this story that they really do think the governor has positioned himself as a champion on this issue. And that's something that is welcome, even if there are some things the governor does that they maybe don't agree with so much. Okay, and that brings us to his trip to China this week. And as you reported, it is expected that he will focus almost exclusively on climate during this trip and within these meetings. What can we expect out of this trip to China? The governor is really building here on a pretty extensive history of California building these climate-based ties with China. You saw his predecessor, Governor Jerry Brown, who was also very climate-focused, make a similar trip to China. And the argument that they will make is leaving aside sort of the geopolitical rivalry between the United States and China. China is a major emitter. It is an enormous economy. And so if we are going to make progress globally in climate change, China needs to be part of that. And so the Newsom administration has really framed this as a way to sort of share expertise and technology in a way that helps China to move away from polluting industries like coal and more towards a clean energy future. It's obviously fraught because of the political dynamics with China writ large. But again, this is not something that that's novel or unprecedented to see the governor of California try to build ties, not just with China, but with other countries and subnational governments. You saw this again, with efforts to sort of make climate pacts with Canadian provinces and that type of thing. So California has an enormous amount of market power, given its size, to sort of shape both the national and the global economies of clean energy and climate change. And so 
this really fits with those efforts. Also, on Monday, the Biden administration proposed banning all uses of trichloroethylene, or TCE, an extremely toxic chemical linked with cancer and developmental effects. TCE is a volatile organic compound, and it's used in cleaning products, degreasers, hydrofluorocarbon refrigerants, and even electric vehicle batteries. However, EPA said that safer alternatives are already available for most of those uses. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com power switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. By the way, please join us tomorrow, Wednesday evening, October 25th, for a special Politico live event called The Future of Grid Reliability. We'll have a one-on-one interview with Democratic Congressman Scott Peters, co-author of the Big Wires Act, and Republican Congressman Bob Latta, who's co-chair of the Grid Innovation Caucus. For more information, check out politico.com backslash live dash events. Hope to see you there. And that's our show. I'm Catherine Morehouse, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron is working to responsibly meet rising energy demand across their U.S. operations, like at their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand.